across Australia. You're tuned to ABC Sport. This is Summer Grandstand with Corbin Middlemass on ABC Radio, Sport Digital and the ABC Listen app. Huge win for the Aussies last night. 62 runs over Pakistan at the Men's World Cup. The WBBL is underway and cricket is at the Olympics. It's slated for a return at the 2028 LA Games. And I'm very pleased to say the Chief Executive of Cricket Australia, Nick Hockley, joins me on Summer Grandstand across the country. Nick, always appreciate your time. Hi, Corbin. Thanks for having me on. Uh, might start with the cricket at the Olympics. Obviously, given your personal background, all of a sudden the sport in which you're leading here in Australia is uh, is off to this global event. Yeah, I mean, it's an absolute game changer for the sport. Uh, I think a huge amount of work by lots and lots of people uh, over a really long period of time and um, just massively, massively exciting. It's going to take cricket uh, to new markets, put it on the global stage. It'll give our players... Uh, new opportunities. We saw in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham uh, what it meant to our women's team to to win a gold medal. And um, you know, as you say, I've seen seen firsthand in the build up to to London. It didn't matter which sport it was. You know, clubs were were oversubscribed in the five, six, seven years um, leading up. So um, with Brisbane uh, hosting the games in 2032, uh, we, yeah, we really think this all. Um, you know, inspire uh, uh, the next generation to to take up cricket. So I've seen some mixed reactions to it. I heard Simon Dool say, you know, Olympics needs cricket more than cricket needs the Olympics. And I think a lot of people are pretty flat by the fact there's only six teams in LA. Are you hopeful that by the time we get to Brisbane in 2032 and beyond that this will be bigger than just a six-team event? Well, I, first thing I'd say is that uh, T20 has absolutely taken the game to... Uh, to new audiences, to new countries. We're really, really proud that the, the T20 World Cup's now expanding to 20 teams. So I do think, you know, whether it's the World Test Championship, whether it's, uh, you know, now the Titan 10-team World Cup, there is a, a real pyramid through. Um, you know, obviously, we would love as many teams as, as possible. But I think the actual specifics of qualification pathways and tournament structures, that, that all needs to, to be worked through. But, but, but for the moment, it's just sparked a whole load of discussion around the game, around, around the possibilities that, um, that it presents. And, and for us, you know, the timing of um, and the momentum behind cricket in the US is, is very, very exciting. There's a, a T20 World Cup next year um, between hosted in the US and, and the West Indies. Uh, then we host um, the, the, T, the following T20 World Cup. Uh, in 2028 with with New Zealand and um, so there's a really great runway through to to 2032. So what do you think cricket gets out of it in particular? So obviously it's huge for the Olympics they get a chance to tap into the South Asian market which is something that really the Olympic movement and FIFA have never really been able to penetrate as much as you know the sport of cricket for example um, but but what does the game of cricket get out of it if it's just going to be the top five nations in the world plus the USA for example? Well, I mean, I think if you cast your mind forward to you know, 2032, you think about who are the megastars around the Olympic Village in LA in 28. It's going to be you know, LeBron, the NBA, NBA guys. So it's, it's, you know, cricket is, by a number of fans, the second biggest um, sport in the world. It's arguably the fastest growing sport. So it's an opportunity to profile our, our stars and the game um, and the, you know, the exciting, fast, um, action-packed form of the game. Um, on a on a world world stage, so what what it'll what it'll bring is 
uh, it'll bring you know, really, really two main things. One, people who have never engaged with it will see, you know, the excitement um, that is that is T20 cricket. And you know, as I said previously, uh, it'll give a, a real carrot for um, all the all the kids coming through that, you know, where they choose cricket. I mean, cricket they've got great great opportunities to um, to make a great professional living, but to to cap it off with a chance to earn. An Olympic gold medal is just another great opportunity. Uh, the Women's Big Bash is underway. Of course, you can hear it all through the ABC Listen app. Just look out for that. It's actually a pink cricket ball, would you believe, uh, Nick? And I know we're not using the pink ball, obviously, for the Women's Bash, but we need that to stand out in contrast for the white cricket ball, which is there for the World Cup. So ABC Listen app, white cricket ball for the World Cup, pink cricket ball for the WBBL, which is underway. So um, what a start to the tournament. A couple of, uh, of excellent games to, to get going. Uh, big run chases, a couple falling agonisingly short. Um, what do you make of the, the new season of, uh, of the WBBL? BBL and what should we be looking out for? I think it's been a fantastic start and you know, with the introduction of the, the overseas player draft for the WBBL as well as the BBL, I think we can say hands down that um, the Women's Big Bash League is the best domestic T20 competition uh, in, in the world. The players love coming here. Um, our players love it. It's brilliant to see our Aussie stars uh, playing you know, Meg um, uh, Annabelle Sutherland, I thought, put in brilliant performances the other night. Ash Gardner in the open, in the opening game. Uh, so um, we're really now aspiring just to take it to the next level. And I think the the, the thing to really look out for um, this season is um, the last round of uh, regular group games. We're playing in the major stadiums um, in Australia for the first time. So we'll have matches at the Adelaide Oval, at the MCG and the SCG for the last regular season round as we as we get down to the finals. And, um, you know, we're really keen to really build on that momentum that we had leading into the Women's T20 World Cup. And I know the players themselves, speaking to them, you know, they've had great experiences at the Women's Ashes recently. They've had brilliant experiences at the WP uh, Women's Premier League playing in front of big crowds. So I think we owe it to the quality of these cricketers to um, to turn out and support. The Aussie men had a nice win last night against Pakistan. Zero and two to start the tournament. They square themselves off at two and two. A lot of commentary after the first two defeats about planning leading into this tournament. It's been a packed schedule this year. World Test Champions. Of course, there was a T20 Home World Cup in the not-too-distant past this time last year. And where is sort of the the planning and the philosophy around the 50-over version of the game? Do you think we have individual philosophies set out across the three different formats appropriately for the national teams at the moment, particularly in the men's, obviously, given they they play more of all three formats than the women. Do we have individual philosophies, do you think, for, for each format of the game that, that are cutting edge? Well, Corwin, there's, there's a lot in that. And I think cricket's unique having the three formats. I mean, last night was absolutely uh, brilliant. Um, certainly, we're going to have a bit of sleep deprivation over the next little while. But I, I thought that the the energy, the passion, the positivity from ball one um, to take the game up to a very strong Pakistan side was fantastic. So we've had we've had a lot of ODI cricket in in the lead up, and you know it's it's a fine balance. We want to make sure that we're really getting our um, our game plan set, um, but also making sure that we're we're fresh for. Um, what is a what is a long tournament? I think the ten team tournament uh, that format is absolutely uh, brilliant. You've got the the best teams. Everyone's plays everyone. Um, it's going to be extremely tight coming down to the qualification um, for 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 the finals. Only four final spots with with every game 
um, counting. And I think that's really important if you zoom out and think about all the formats sitting together. We've now got the World Test Championship, which gives uh, Test cricket real context and makes sure that uh, we've got a plan about who we play over a, a four-year cycle and we play a broad range of opposition. Uh, we've got, as I said, the expanded T20 World Cup and now kind of leading into a um, into a further opportunity um, for, for the Olympics. And then um, the uh, Cricket World Cup has got um, great heritage, as as you know. It's um, you know seen as as a real pinnacle um, tournament, and so to have that at ten teams and uh, it really gives context to the the bilateral series coming in. We we saw um, in the Netherlands um, uh, pit past the West Indies for a spot in that competition, and yeah, to see them beat South Africa, it it does show that these pyramids are really really important to give context to all the cricket and to give opportunities for uh, cricketing countries across the world uh, to, to make it through. Um, I was recently at the ICC annual conference. We had 104 countries there, and now they can see with uh, across the different versions of the game a role for each and, and a pathway through. Is it possible, though, to treat them all as important as each other? Or, or do we need to, like, or, or do we prioritise some versions of the game more than the, than the other? I mean, I think... We will inevitably um, see a level of, of format specialization, and probably the, the the big thing that we're all contending with is now the, you know, the emergence of these uh, domestic T20 competitions, um, and that's why I think it's 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 more important than ever that all international cricket has really strong context. Um, inevitably, I think there will be um, there'll be moments in the calendar where. You know, we really prioritised um, prioritised major campaigns. So, you know, the Ashes, uh, women's and men's, is an obvious. Uh, the World Cups uh, are an absolute um, obvious. So, I think there will be, you know, a level of format specialisation, more more opportunities uh, for a broader group of, of players, um, and you know, the approach that we we take in you know in speaking to George Bailey, Andrew McDonald is really breaking it down into into projects um, and I can tell you this World Cup project um, has been on on the map uh, and on the calendar uh, and in the works for um, you know for a good 18 uh, 24 months we saw the re-signing of some players yesterday uh, Pat Cummins on a, on a long-term deal uh, a number of other players signing uh, multi-year contract extensions as the chief executive of Cricket Australia at the moment and given the way that cricket is structured now and you know people taking a broad view of perhaps where cricket is going and the, the growth of you know, franchise league cricket and particularly from you know, the, the IPL teams expanding out and now owning domestic teams in, in all corners of the globe. How do you view the threat that exists at the moment in, in world cricket for your players and, and being able to, to keep them on the contract structure that you have them at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. I think the exciting thing for cricket is there's more investment coming into the game globally, um, which shows the appeal uh, of of cricket um, in all its all its formats, uh, we were really proud to um, sign a new five year uh, a memorandum of, un- of understanding with the players, and that really sought to set us up to be fit for purpose for this kind of next phase as the game as the game evolves. Uh, so very very simply, we had four op- four main goals in that. One was to make sure that our very top players, our national players, women's and men's. Uh, remain the, the highest uh, paid 
team sports people in Australia, and so that they they're incentivised um, to to prioritise um, the primacy of international cricket. Um, secondly, we're really proud to be able to uh, significantly increase the salary caps for the Big Bash for both women's uh, and men's. And then um, we've really um, prioritised closing the gap um, and and leading the way in terms of our, our female pay. And then making sure uh, that it that it is all affordable. Um, and then the other uh, the other element is making sure that within the calendar we do give um, our players the opportunity to uh, and the, to explore um, other uh, other opportunities. So, you know, I've said previously, you know, benchmark for how well Australian cricket's going is you know, how many players we have playing in the IPL um, and how many top picks we have um, in the. Uh, in the IPL auction, it's a great barometer of the strength of Australian cricket. Are you prepared that the contract structure for Australian cricket may look very different by the time you're finished as chief executive than what it does now as as world cricket keeps changing? Well, I mean, this is why I say I think um, it's really important that we uh, struck a, a five-year arrangement with um, the players uh, and, you know, the the nature of the discussions and the negotiations with the ACA, the Australian Cricket Association, were very much what is in the best interest of Australian cricket. They're partners in the game. So, uh, um, so you know, I think we've got this, the structure set for uh, the next five years. But, um, you know, we need to be uh, really adaptable. I think you know, we've, we've shown how um, last year, I think Adam Zampa and, um, uh, and Stoin, I had the opportunity to, after the Big Bash was finished, to go and play a couple of games in the in the UAE League. That worked with the, the schedule, so it, you know it, it will be. Um, we'll need to show a level of flexibility on on the way through, um, but but certainly the feedback we've had, um, we had all the families over um, uh, supporting the Ashes. You know, the other thing that we can do is make sure that the environment uh, playing for the Australian national teams is is absolutely fantastic. The best coaches, the best support staff. Um, and um, yeah, ultimately, the, the the environment that the leadership um, have created, both in the women's and the men's programs at the moment, you know, certainly the feedback I've received is that the place where our very best players aspire to be. Nick Hockley, the chief executive of Cricket Australia, uh, last year the team decided to pull out of a bilateral series up against Afghanistan. It'll obviously hit the news again in the coming weeks, no doubt. Nick, when the team's due to play Afghanistan at the 50-over World Cup. Will the team consider boycotting that game? Um, so um, you're right that we chose uh, not to play our last bilateral series against uh, Afghanistan. I think it's really important to remember the context of that time was that um, there'd been a very significant uh, curtailment of uh, women's rights in, in Afghanistan. We, we, we consulted extensively at that time and um, I really think that ICC events, as compared to playing a bilateral one-on-one, uh, are a bit different. And certainly through that consultation process, we foreshadowed that we had an upcoming World Cup that Afghanistan were were more than likely to qualify. So I think we're, um, yeah, we, we really think that they are um, they're a bit different. And a bilateral series is under our auspices, and you know, we are very committed to making sure that we support the growth of women, uh, cricket for women and girls. Yeah, all around the world, in, including uh, in Af- in Afghanistan, and um, you know, precondition to actually compete in an ICC event is that you um, fulfil all of your 
uh, scheduled matches. So there will be people saying, how do you easily sort of morally differentiate between the two by saying just because it's run by the ICC as opposed to being run by yourself? How do you sort of simply say, oh, well, it's different here as opposed to what it would be if we if we did it in a bilateral series? I think um, really through the fact that um, one is uh, under our auspices and control and, and the other is... Uh, is um, you know, a major world tournament. I think we, you know, we've made it very clear what we stand for, and that we're a, a sport for all. Uh, we want to make Australians proud, uh, and you know, our hope is that um, you know, working with the ICC, working with the Afghanistan Cricket Board, that, uh, that their women's program will be able to, over time, uh, re-establish, uh, and that we can resume playing bilateral cricket. Uh, and until that happens, you won't play against them until you see some improvement in the in the women's team outside of a, a major tournament. So our next scheduled match is some uh, some time away in the FTP. So um, the, what we're doing at the moment is, and I'm over in uh, India for ICC meetings towards the end of, of this World Cup. We get we'll just get regular check ins on 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 what the situation is and um, yeah, make decisions close to the time. And just last one, Nick, appreciate your time on uh, on Summer Grandstand with the Summer of Cricket underway here and, of course, uh, Australia at the World Cup. The Fighting Fund, which came out this week for netball, which was an extraordinary step for a lot of people to see sort of sports helping one another and the, the athletes, the, the players coming together to basically put together $200,000 to help the netballers who are in their pay dispute at the moment. As the chief executive of this organisation, what was your view when you, you saw this um, come to light during the week? Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, that was a very interesting one. I think that from our perspective, it's um, it's you know it's really not really our business. It's it's, it's netball's business um, as to you know how they they conduct those discussions. I mean, I, I really hope it gets sorted uh, very quickly. I was at the Constellation Cup in Melbourne last week, and just a brilliant atmosphere. Their players are, are wonderful role models. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think um, I was really proud of the way that. We conducted our discussions with the players and with with the ACA uh, completely behind closed doors. Uh, really sat down and worked through and had lots of discussions around where the game was at, where it was going, and how we worked together. Um, so I don't think it's in anyone's interest um, to uh, conduct uh, the discussions through through the media and uh, and um, really hope that they can sit sit down and, and sort it out quickly. But you know, I think as it comes as it relates to um, women's sport you know we've seen uh we've seen uh, it has been brilliant to see the codes all work together uh, i've got first-hand experience of that from the from the t20 world cup and i know you know how our players um you know all were just very excited and supported um the, the fifa women's world world cup similarly the netball so i just i really hope it gets sorted uh, as quickly as possible Nick, your uh, time's always appreciated. I think the last time I saw you was in Delhi and we were planning to have a chat on air and unfortunately things ended very quickly on, uh, on that last day and, and that was it and uh, I, was, I was back home thereafter. But uh, I'm sure I'll see you at the cricket soon. Appreciate your time as always on ABC Radio. Thanks so much, Corbin. Look forward to it.